George Leonardo is the founder of Cap Hill Crypto, which is a website dedicated to making federal crypto policy accessible for all. Today, we're going to get an update on what's going on in Capitol Hill in terms of crypto, talk about FTX and what impact that may have changed, and maybe more. Welcome back to How About That Crypto. I am your host, Bitcoin Stylist, and today I'm with George Leonardo from Cap Hill Crypto. How are you doing today, George? Doing well. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. I've uh, been really looking forward to this uh, this conversation. So uh, I had messaged uh, George back maybe what a, a week, you know, the first week that the FTX thing I think was happening. And uh, you said we should um, talk about that in a couple of weeks. And I, I'm glad we did because so much has happened. And uh, so now I want to hear about, you know, what's going on. But first for our viewers and listeners who have not you may not be familiar with Cap Hill Crypto or did not watch our previous episode. Would you give us a little bit of an intro into you and Cap Hill Crypto? Absolutely. Um, yeah, been crazy times. It's always crazy in crypto, but it seems like these last few weeks have been crazier than ever. Um, so yeah, brief background about me. Um, I've been building a website called Cap Hill Crypto. As you mentioned, the main goal is to just make federal crypto policy uh, more accessible. So regardless of what your background is with crypto or policy, um, hopefully you can come to my website, capillcrypto.com and, and get a good sense of, of what's going on in DC as it relates to uh, federal crypto policy. Um, so kind of the main resources I provide, I do a, a weekly newsletter Friday morning, summarizing um, what Congress has done when it comes to crypto policy. I also have like a legislative tracker. So you can see every crypto related bill that's been introduced in Congress, um, get a high level summary, see who sponsored it, who co-sponsored it, um, and where that bill uh, stands, whether what committee it's in, um, so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, just a little more background of kind of why I got into it. I, um, you know, I worked on the Hill for Senator Corning for four years, um, not crypto policy. We didn't even have anyone working on crypto policy back then. This was 2013 to 2017. Um, so I did that for four years. Then went to uh, law school, uh, did some bankruptcy litigation for a year, um, went down the crypto rabbit hole uh, end of last year. Um, you know, there's no going back once you go down it. So <laughs> was just looking to, looking to start my own business. I always wanted to do that. Um, and so I, I was realizing as I was reading about crypto, like the next, um, one of the big obstacles to adoption seemed to be we need to get regulations in place. Um, so I thought it was a nice area where I was interested in, but also had that experience um, working in policy and law. Um, so yeah, earlier this year, I started in March, launched it, um, been gaining traction, it's been exciting, just taking it one week at a time, one subscriber at a time. Um, but yeah, excited to talk crypto, all things crypto and policy here with you. Awesome, awesome, cool. Um, <clears throat> So I, you're basically like uh, my my go-to person for you know getting into uh, this getting this conversation. And um, like I had mentioned before we started talking before the show, um, I really truly believe uh, like the the whole approach uh, for the channel is that uh, I want to track what's important to the enthusiasts, to the investor, uh, to the entrepreneur in the web uh, web three and crypto space. And I talk, talk all the time about I really don't see any real adoption risk other than it being banned by the government. Um, I guess you could say FUD uh, would be the other one, which is also kind of what I hope to dispel here uh, or at least get some clarity on. So why don't we first talk about the elephant in the room and uh, this FTX situation? You know, we he was so involved on Capitol Hill yeah. and he was doing so many meetings. He was like the darling. And uh 
And then it all came out that he was pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, or maybe he wasn't, but whatever happened, uh, yeah. I would imagine that if I was a person that was really turning to him and, and good faith to, I understand the space and how to regulate it. And then I discovered that, you know, there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that, um, caused this whole thing to implode and a ton of my constituents to, uh, lose money and, um, I feel like I would be pretty pissed about it. Uh, have Have you seen anything like that, or any evidence, uh, anything to talk speak on on that to that point of sentiment? Yes, yeah, so as far as sentiment, um, I think kind of the, the short term, the most uh, common reaction I've seen is I think everyone's like taking a pause here, right? As you mentioned, um, SDF was very active lobbying for especially one specific bill, um, the Digital Commodity Consumer Protection Act, and we can get in the weeds on that going forward. But I think you know, there was some talk about possibly seeing some type of crypto regulation passed this end of this year. Um, I think as of right now for the rest of this Congress, after the FTX collapse, everyone just wants to one, figure out, okay, what the heck happened here? Because it seems like it was really bad. Um, and what lessons can we learn from it, right? So I think on the bright side, one one way to look at it, like one positive might be in terms of sentiment. There were, there were a lot of people, I think, who in Congress who were still kind of sitting on the sidelines when it came to crypto. Um, you know, maybe they're hoping it just goes away. It's just a bubble. You know, let's let the regulators just deal with it. Maybe they have the authority. But I don't think you can do that anymore, right? I think you've seen some members um, come off the sidelines maybe who, who, you know, weren't as involved in crypto. I think they're starting to realize like, okay, we got to figure out what's going on here because, I mean, you turn on the news, you can't get away from the FTX, right? So they're going to have to at least get smart about the issue so they can talk knowledgeably about it because questions are going to probably start coming. Um, so that's kind of like high level sentiment. I will also say on the positive side, the people who were already like interested in crypto, like the few members that, that are active about it and, and want to see it succeed, I think they can recognize like, look, this wasn't a crypto problem, right? This was your classic fraud case, right? This is someone saying they're doing something with your money and they did something else. Um, and so that's good. And, you know, there's also the crypto skeptics out there, you know, like Senator Warren comes to mind who I think is going to take the FTX and use it as an example. Like, look, totally, this is, this is all just fraud. Um, but those, those parties were already going to have those positions anyways. So I think that's why I kind of keyed in on like the biggest change I think will be, you know, how members who are on the sidelines, how they come into it. Um, and hopefully they, they take the time and do the research and, and come out on the crypto proponent side um, as opposed to the crypto skeptic side. Um, so and I'm optimistic, you know. We'll, would we'll you get, say that we'll it's get, too get early those. to tell whether or not somebody, uh, whether or not the uh, anti-crypto uh, camp has gained more uh, members? Yeah, you know, I think here's the thing. One one of the most concrete ways we can look at it, right, is there was a hearing last week on FTX. And so that DCPA bill we talked about, one of the big questions was, all right, what are they going to say about it? And there's a big call, honestly, I think a more, the more common reaction is to say, look, this is a sign that we need legislation, right? So we can make sure customer protections are in place until this doesn't um, happen to a U.S.-based company. Um, and so that that's a good thing. But again, you know, people want to figure out exactly what happened. And they really keyed in on a couple items in that hearing and it's um, dealing with conflicts of interest. Um, and I think it's because, you know, we saw FTX, it seems like, I know all the facts are still being investigated, um, but you know, those the sketchy relationship going on with Alameda. Um, and so I think people wanna make sure we know, all right, if you're an exchange, who are your counterparts, who you're dealing with, what's going on. And then that's kind of the other point generally is just transparency, right? Like whether it's a CFTC or SEC, whoever it's gonna be, giving more um, insight into, you know, books and records, seeing what are they doing with customer funds. Um, and so those are kind of like the top points. And when it comes to the DCP, 
DCCPA specifically, it's, you know, it's not going to happen this year, but it's not like they're just throwing it in the trash, right? At the end of the day, I think we'll ultimately see some type of bill that gives the CFTC jurisdiction over the crypto spot market and they'll look to put in consumer protections. But uh, yeah, if your main concern is, uh, uh, is Congress going to look at this and say, let's ban crypto, I don't think that's a takeaway. I think it's more, all right, let's get legislation in place and let's really focus on consumer protections. That's um, really that's good to hear. It it doesn't sound you know because my first thought was great. Now they got all this ammunition. They're going to come out. No, I wasn't really confident that people were going to be able to separate the human part of this from the actual asset class and technology itself. So that's good to hear. So you mentioned the hearing. Could you tell us a little bit about? Is there anything else in that hearing that we should know about or that was important? Yeah, I think that the main takeaways for me um, at the top were just. Like again, and as far as timing goes, nothing's probably gonna happen this year because people, are, we still don't know, right? A lot of the questions, pretty much every member started their questioning with, um, so the witness was the CFTC chairman, uh, um, Rustin Benham, right? And so they wanna know, like, what do you know? What can you tell us what happened here? Um, and it sounds like, you know, outside of, of what's been publicly reported, people are still trying to get to the bottom of, you know, what happened with the, the misallocation of phones? Was it just over leverage, you know, to what extent? So I think that's going to take some time. Um, there's going to be another hearing next week, House Financial Services. Sounds like Senate Banking might want to do one. Um, maybe House Ag will do, do a hearing. And this, this is probably going to carry over into early next year where we're still just, um, you know, that's the way Congress does, does fact-finding is to take a step back because they like to do hearings, uh, bring in witnesses. Um, you know, I think at some point people are going to want to see SBF before a committee hearing. And I think until you can kind of flesh that all out, like, and, and really get to the bottom of that first question of, of what happened, I think, it's going to be hard to get to a point where there's any comprehensive legislation uh, uh, passed. And, you know, that makes sense, right? Like, you don't want to, I'd rather, honestly, Congress take the time and get good legislation and make sure we address um, the concerns that we need to do rather than rush something through. Um, the other thing I was a little surprised about from the hearing is, you know, one of the concerns with the DCCPA was um, that its application to DeFi, um, the bill was kind of written with this presumption um, the way the definitions were in that there'd be like it was it was almost written as if they only had centralized exchanges in mind or centralized intermediaries in mind so a lot of people were concerned about you know would DeFi comply i remember one witness um used the the expression the definitions are unworkable as applied to DeFi, and there wasn't any discussion of that which i thought was interesting because i was hoping you know congress might look at this experience and say oh you know there's issues with transparency and conflicts of interest. Um, maybe this, you know, some of the things that DeFi seeks to address, uh, unfortunately didn't come up, but you know, we're still early in the stage. I shouldn't ask for too much, right? To ask for DeFi to come up at a congressional hearing just yet. <laughs> well, you know what I'm, you know, what comes to mind when you bring that up is that, uh, is how many of the uh, crypto Twitter and YouTubers and podcasters out there talk about how uh, the government is all about centralized systems and uh, it wouldn't, my first thought is like, oh, we're not going to talk about DeFi, even though, yeah, like there would be so much tra more transparency with what, where the money was. And, you know, I was listening to Sam uh, SBF's talk in a, one interview, and he was saying uh, that funds were initially in the beginning were wired to Alameda's bank account, and then they were supposed to be transferred to FTX, but that never happened. And so like that kind of stuff, yeah. we would be able to totally see on chain if there was you know, that clarity. Yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting when you hear a lot of members talk generally about like we need more transparency in, in crypto. And, you know, I'm sure that there's areas definitely where we can benefit from transparency. And I agree, transparency is a good thing, but it is a little ironic. Like you said, like one of the, the benefits and why uh, behind this technology is that there's a transparent public ledger in a lot of cases. 
Um, so I do, I do think there are some members, especially like Senator Toomey, I think brought up specifically recently in an interview, like the code committed no crime, right? I think was, was a line. And so I think there is a growing um, acknowledgement of members, you know, slowly but surely, I think, I think we're gonna get there. There's organizations, you know, educating members and, and staff, especially it's really important to, to make sure the staff are aware because um, right there, the ones doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to legislation. And so, you know, I'm optimistic we'll, we'll get to the right space over time. Um, and also, if you think about it, like as much as everyone was was concerned about like the, you know, SBF's lobbying efforts, like it kind of came out in the end, like it didn't work. <laughs> the DCPA got stalled. Um, and so here we are in, in this space where we have the time to hopefully come up with a better solution um, and have the public's input on it um, and get to a better place. Well, um, I question about legislation um, in terms of like getting something passed and like what type, what needs to be in the bill and stuff. You know, I was uh, talking to a couple of clients of mine who are, are, are high powered attorneys and um, it, the conclusion that I got or what I surmised, how I could surmise, what I surmised from that is uh, that, creating a separately for legal framework for the crypto industry outside of the financial industry is something that is most likely not going to happen they their opinion was and if it does happen it's going to basically create a there the whole the whole thing was the whole thing i got from it was it doesn't make sense to create a whole new framework because the financial systems legal framework is so robust and it's it's been through so much uh development over time to get to where it is and it makes more sense to kind of figure out how to plug in crypto into the financials give them the same rules uh but in the places where the rules might need to be changed, Kenny, can you talk a little bit on, uh, could we expect a bill to basically be like, oh, this is how you define what a security is. This is what, how you define what a commodity is in digital assets. And then, oh, and by the way, everything else, just look to traditional financial regulation. Uh, can you kind of help uh, us understand and do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to, like, I'm getting Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're saying. I think it's, it's a great question. And so- you know, I guess at the top, I, I just want to make sure with my website and my resources, I try to stay objective as possible. So I won't say like what I think should be, but I can give you a, a very helpful sense of, of the background, how I think it's going to okay. play out. So like what you said, right? Like we're going to use the systems already in place. I think, yes, just the way like legislation works these days is they're going to start with like the initial frameworks and, you know, start with what you know, right? And so if you look at a lot of the bills that have been introduced so far and how they would seek to address um, the issue of like regulatory clarity, right? The biggest one, which assets are securities and which are commodities. A lot of them start by doing it um, where like you amend the books that's already on the place, so like Commodity Exchange Act, right? A lot of them start and that's the CFTC's jurisdiction to police fraud and manipulation in commodities. And so I think what we're most likely to see, because this is what we've seen by the bills that have been introduced is, you know, rather than build something from scratch, um, say, all right, we already have this regulator in place, the experience of policing fraud and manipulation, um so a lot of these like a lot of these crypto assets seem to have something seem to be similar to commodities so we'll amend the commodity exchange act which is a bill that's already in place and kind of draw from that um so things like you know eliminating conflicts of interest right like kind of like you said this isn't these things aren't brand new problems right that's just um you know how do you apply them to this new technology but i don't think you can completely overlook that fact like this is new technology and the technology itself is is um, diverse, right? These tokens can be can be different. They all do different things. 
So I think you have to kind of find that balance of like, yeah, let's figure out what's worked well. Um, and just from a practical standpoint, like if you're a staffer and how, how do you address these problems? I think it makes sense to look to look for things that have worked um, and work within existing frameworks, but then balance that with like, these are new technologies. So there's going to have to be some some new rules in place to that uh, that just address the, the unique characteristics of this new technology. Do you think that a, a comprehensive bill is going to be the way they're going to go? Or do you think that it's possible to kind of piece out things like uh, like stablecoin regulation, um, defining how, or, or, or some some sort of, I mean, I, I'm assuming they would do this with legislation, but like I, uh, some sort of checklist or identity, like way to determine uh, how to classify specific digital assets. Uh, or the other one would be like, commingling funds and uh, conflicts of interest yeah. like could these all be separate pieces of legislation or do you think it's more likely to be a comprehensive legislation and what do you think the pros and cons are between those yeah so i think i think it's going to be like a combination but i think i think we can get to i think we'll start where things are now i think that comprehensive bill where it deals with you know, the regulatory clarity piece, I think that's just going to take time, especially, you know, for some of the reasons we mentioned with, with the FTX collapse and just that that'll take more time to get to agreement. So I think that the advantage of breaking things off, like start with stable coins, for example, like there's some bipartisan support. Everyone seems to be in agreement about the high level um, strokes of what, what a stable coin bill should do, right? Like let's get some transparency around what reserves are in place. Like if you say your dollar, your stable coin is backed one-to-one -one with US dollars, like let's open up the books. Let's make sure we can confirm that so the public, um, is aware, is aware and, and can kind of trust that. Um, and so the pro, I think for something like that is it might be a little easier to get that done. That's more palatable or easy to understand this idea of a dollar that's just virtual. Um, and so maybe you'll get that through and then build momentum, right? Like, hey, look, we passed a stable coin bill, the world didn't end, like, let's go to something else. Um, but then also like, you don't want to lose sight of the fact like some smaller bills. So even like the end of this year, I've heard some people are still optimistic, take um, a de minimis tax exemption bill, right? So this idea of when you go to buy coffee with Bitcoin, like that shouldn't trigger a taxable event. Um, and there are bills out there where some set the limit at like $50 or, you know, $200, you know, maybe something like that was already bipartisan support. Like why not, you know, take the, the victory you can get. Sometimes you hear the analogy, like, you know, get, take the singles and doubles, don't just sit around waiting for the home run. Um, and so, I, you know, if there's bipartisan support for something, you know, why hold it up? I guess the only advantage sometimes of, of waiting for a comprehensive bill is if you get a lot of things people like and then you put it together with some things that people might not be as popular, then maybe you can use it to to get momentum and, and get the big bill through. Um, but I'm I'm I don't know. I think the way I see things playing out, you know, maybe take the singles and doubles while we can get them, especially given um, some of the the negative press that's come to the industry this year. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I like I, I like that uh, response here. So um, in terms of like uh, the rest of the year in uh, for crypto policy, uh, why don't you give us kind of the lay of the land or what we can expect? I mean, we've already touched kind of on it a little bit as we've talked yeah. about the FTX stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be more a big thing to keep an eye on is like how members respond to FTX, like you know, if it's not legislation, there's other ways Congress can kind of let their positions be known, whether it's a, you know, a hearing, maybe we'll see some more members um, come out and just weigh in and we can kind of guess how they might act in the, in the 118th and they'll become more active. Um, you know, another thing we've seen is letters. Um, a few members have sent letters, uh, for example, like Senator Wyden, who's chair of the, the Senate Finance Committee, he sent some letters to centralized exchanges um, looking 
for more information about protections they might have in place in the event the exchange goes bankrupt. So that's, you know, that's a good example, right? Legislation is going to pass this year to deal with, with that issue, but you can kind of see, all right, that widen seems to find that issue really important. So maybe the 118th, um, he'll look, that'll be the piece he looks to attach to any crypto bill. Um, so I looked for stuff like that where, you know, people might realize they're not going to get a bill through at the end of this year, but maybe we can kind of preview um, the 118th a little bit more. Um, a couple of things I mentioned, the de minimis tax exemption, another thing that might have a chance of passing this year um, would likely have to be attached to like a broader bill, um, not a crypto bill, but like a funding bill that, that needs to pass at the end of the year um, would be the, the broker definition fix. I don't know if you remember end of last year, there was uh, as part of the infrastructure bill, um, there was a provision attached that provided new uh, tax reporting requirements for brokers of uh, cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Uh, transactions and the, but the broker definition was just really really broad and would include anyone from like miners to software developers um and so like that's one of those things is bipartisan support to fix it including um i believe senator portman's on one of the, the bills to fix it and he was the one who wrote the, the bill that passed in the first place so maybe that gets attached i'll keep an eye out for that um uh, finally maybe this uh, national defense authorization act has to pass this year uh, by the end of the year, there were a few amendments that touched on crypto. Nothing like, nothing major. Um, like you what? know, I'm just keeping my eyes on that. So there was one. You know, maybe I think one was like a study of blockchain technology. Um, another was um, you know the ACES Act, the Accountability in El Salvador Act, which requires State Department to do a study of um, Bitcoin adoption in El Salvador. Um, honestly, I had like a little bit of a negative tilt to it. If, if you look at the what the study should include, I think a lot of it was coming from a place of concern that this might be used to launder money or, you know, help the cartels. Um, but again, like these are, these amendments are filed. I don't know if they'll be attached, um, but it's just something, um, you know, kind of this relates back to your previous question about whether you want a big bill or a smaller bill. The way legislation has been working these days is you, everyone, oh, it's almost like, I think the expression of the Christmas tree bill where you, all right, everyone knows that NDA has to pass this year and omnibus has to pass by the end of the year. Sorry, omnibus is uh, the government-wide spent funding bill. So then it's going to pass and people might just start tacking things on um, where they can and, and hope it goes through with the broader bill because no one's going to stand in the way um, to, to stop some of these bills um, when push comes to shove. Um, so, you know, just I'll be monitoring that. That's what I'm looking forward to, you know, to wrap up this year or see if anything, hopefully something positive and, you know, making sure nothing um, too crazy gets gets tacked on to the, the Christmas tree bills. <laughs> All right. And uh, let's see what else we got. <clears throat> Okay, what about next year? Yeah, so, all right. So for all the FTX we talked about pushing things down, I do think next year, you see yeah, a lot of commenters saying they think next year will, will finally be the year where we can't, we can't run from it any longer. Like, let's get comprehensive legislation done. Let's answer the one big question about which uh, tokens or assets are, are securities, which are commodities. Um, and then therefore, you know, no developers, entrepreneurs can figure out what their actual, um, you know, requirements are. Uh, under the law so that's that's a big thing to keep an eye out for but you know to get into more specifics right so we gotta remember it was election it looks like the house is going to be controlled by republicans senate uh democrats but very narrow majorities in in both cases so anything that gets done in crypto is gonna have to be bipartisan which we kind of we kind of already expected and thankfully you know has it's remained pretty nonpartisan, um especially in terms of, of any issue <laughs> these days in congress um so one thing i'm excited about Patrick McCann is going to be chair of Financial Services Committee. He's a very staunch crypto advocate. He's mentioned that he wants to make uh, crypto legislation a priority. 
big leader on stable coins. So again, you know, we talked about stable coins a little bit. Maybe that moves up as a way to like, let's get the low hanging fruit, get that done before we pivot to the broader issues or, or more comprehensive package. Um, but then there's also, you know, House Ag Committee, now that Republicans are in charge, um, will be Chairman Glenn Thompson. He had introduced a bill earlier this year, um, again, aimed at like giving CFTC jurisdiction over the crypto spot market. So I'm wondering, you know, now he's going to be chair of the, the House Ag. He's kind of the driver's seat. Maybe that that bill gets a little more attention. This year, it seemed like everyone focused on DCCPA. So maybe um, his bill gets a little more traction. Um, I think those are the main things. Maybe the last bit to highlight is uh, in leadership, Rep. Tom Emmer from Minnesota. He's going to be the whip. So the whip is uh, kind of like the third most powerful person um, on the House side. And, you know, everyone remembers House of Cards. Yep. The first season was all about uh, was the whip. <laughs> Uh, so he's, he's a staunch crypto advocate. So, you know, things are kind of falling into place in terms of like, I always think one of the biggest challenges when it comes to getting anything done, is just like, there's people want so much done. Like sometimes we get in the crypto bubble, but it's really just a matter of, can you, can you become a priority? And so the fact that, you know, there's some people in the right places and committee heads and, and leadership who are interested in crypto. And I think, you know, even for them politically, I'm sure it can be advantageous to, to be the, the guy or, you know, the group of people who, who got crypto legislation done. Um, so there's incentives that are in place. Um, so I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep being optimistic because you know why not? Um, so hopefully next year is the year we get crypto legislation um, passed and and yeah in a good place. Nice. Uh, so <clears throat> um, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, so I just like as we're this conversation is unfolding and we're talking about next year, it just totally struck me that. The actual reason why I hit you up to ask you for an update was actually because of the election. It was before FTX yeah. had happened, you know. And yeah, so, it's funny. what's that? No, I'm saying it's funny because I yeah, like the FTX happened on the first bit of it happened on election day, and so I feel like people forgot that about the election in the crypto yeah. world. At least, you know. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh uh, no, no, it's good. So it's a. Uh, so I guess the big thing is that I would I was asking about, and you definitely just touched on all this, was how did the election impact uh, crypto? Because like we're, you know, there are concerns about, you know, who are these incoming people that are, dip, you know, all the people, all the seats that are turned over, how many, did we lose any uh, crypto advocates in the election that uh, you know of? You know, I feel like because the, the FTX happened, I kind of like pivoted off the election I think overall we're good. I'd have to go back and, and look. There was nothing where I'm, I'm like, uh, we're in big trouble. The, the one thing, I, this wasn't because they lost the election, but you know, Senator Pat Toomey, who was the ranking member on Senate banking is retiring. And so from my experience, I think he might've been one, perhaps the most knowledgeable, especially on the Senate side and the most, the, the staunchest crypto proponents. So that's, that's kind of a loss um, in terms of a, a crypto advocate uh, leaving Congress. But uh, you know, overall, like I said, because of the, on the House side, if you look at some of the committee chairs that will fall, committee members will now become chairs who are crypto advocates. Overall, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, there was a lot of good there. Um, nice. The other thing I'll just highlight about the election, though, if you noticed, even though it was on election day, there were still members of Congress tweeting about and issuing official press releases about FTX. So I feel like that shows how far we've come in terms of crypto getting the attention of Congress, where you know, on election day, nonetheless, people still took time to be like, we need to talk about this, we need to comment on this, because it's it's just that prevalent. Um, so I don't know, maybe a silver lining. of. Uh, so yeah, it sounds kind of like, uh, maybe, 
you know, there's a lot of noise out there. There's inflation and there's uh, a looming World War III, uh, whether it's with Russia or with China over Taiwan, you know, these and energy crises around the world and yeah. then like the environmental and the environment, like there's so much out there, not to mention our own domestic issues that we need to worry about, <laughs> which yeah. is plenty. Uh, so yeah. if, if you for in terms of uh, getting something out of uh, out of Congress, it sounds like maybe it was a good thing that, you know, it's not a good thing that FTX imploded, but yeah. maybe it's uh, the timing kind of might end up being a, like a little bit of a positive for uh, the yeah. future of crypto. So it's unfortunate, but you hear the expression a lot, like nothing forces Congress to act like a crisis, right? Like Congress is not known for getting things done. Sometimes they need something uh, like this to, you know, light a fire, uh, so to speak. Um, but one thing I might add, because you were talking about it, and people are asking this a lot, is like, what can we do to advocate um, or to be better advocates to get, you know, crypto legislation that we want through? Um, I think it's important to remember, like you mentioned a lot going on. Like when I was a staffer, I mean, I would spend all day meeting with people from different groups and my portfolio, like, I covered healthcare, education, technology, science, labor. And so you got to remember, like for a lot of members and their staff, like crypto, they didn't go to Congress. There's very few people in Congress or their staff who went there to work on crypto legislation. So, you know, you really got to start from the basics and just, you know, you, you can't really expect everyone to be an expert on it or to, for it to be the, their their main priority because their constituents, honestly, the percentage of the constituents who want them to make crypto priority probably is um, as high as we might like yet, you know? And so it's, you know, it's just, it's going to take some time. Um, but that's why the biggest piece right now, I think, is just education, getting people comfortable with this. Uh, if you're calling offices, meeting with members, um, you know, I probably say this as a former staffer, but it's good to try to be patient, just understand that they got a lot on their plate. And so the more you can make their lives easier, um, maybe helping them out with, you know, the research or, or whatever, and just explaining stuff to them. Um, that, that's, I think, I think it's important to keep in mind because I think people forget that. I even forget it sometimes, you know, like there's not one crypto staffer in, in every office. It's usually probably one issue on, on someone's plate of, out of many. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I originally started the show because uh, I was I have a couple of, uh, of podcasters, YouTubers that I listen to. And one of them, uh, Tony Edwards from Thinking Crypto, he he yeah, was yeah. saying, yeah, you like him. I like him a lot. You it's know. a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he does a good job. Uh, so I think he uh, he's one who really kind of gave me almost like permission, uh, if not a call to action, uh, saying that we have a big fight, we need the legislation to get through, we just need to make sure that it's not negative legislation or harmful legislation for innovation. And uh, that means that everyone needs to call their call their uh, representatives, write their representatives, but also uh, post and comment and engage with, uh, or create your own content uh, for, to help you know, spread the word and get rid of the FUD out there with that is being, you know, at the time, uh, it was just only a year, not even a year ago, where I was watching the news, and the mainstream media seemed to be reporting on things that were months old, which in crypto is like a year, two years old. And you know, yeah. it's like, it's moving so fast. And it's like, they yeah. just got so out of date. And I think that the mainstream media has gotten a lot better uh, about it as well. Um, so is there like, Anything in addition to that? Uh, so be patient. Um, anything else that anybody can do or or maybe uh, a way to do these things in a more productive manner that you could share? Yeah, I would just, yeah, I would just like to highlight, you know, one of the things that struck me when I was working on the Hill is, is just how accessible it actually is. Like we would take a meeting with any, so I worked for, uh, you know, a Texas senator. So if you came and you called up, you know, assuming we had the notice, like 
we would meet with everyone. And, you know, if we couldn't get you in with a direct one-on-one -on -one meeting, then, you know, there was like this event, Texas Thursday Coffees, where, you know, there would be a way where like you could go get coffee with the senator and be a little more like informal, um, fit a lot of people in that way. But, you know, if you are, you are in DC, I, I don't know, everyone can travel there, you know, you try to get a meeting. I mean, we, like I said, we represent, there's 27 million people out there when I, I was working and we hit everyone in. So also call, we do, we do track calls, um, writing in letters, emails, whatever. Um, we track it all, get the Senator report at the end of every week. So it does, it is more accessible than you think. I know some people think, you know, oh, it's, you have to be Sam Bankman free to make a difference. Um, you know, it, you know, it helps to, to the donations, the money that is part of it, you know, I'm not going to lie, but you can still, you know, have an impact just meeting with folks, especially in something like crypto where, like I said, the biggest problem is just education, right? So if you can just be a resource with people. Um, the other thing is, you know, I mentioned going, that's going to DC, but all the representatives and senators have offices, um, local offices. So spread throughout their state or, or in your district. And so, you know, that's another way to just maybe, you know, reach out and be a point of contact, try to get a meeting that way. Um, they're usually less busy than the local offices. And so, you know, that might be one way to just present yourself, put a face to the name. Um, and yeah, just, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, don't, don't hesitate to, to try to, you know, make a contact, call up, send in letters, whatever you can, which we can do to move the needle at this point. Um, it, it takes, you know, everyone together to, to really move the needle, but, you know, baby steps. Nice. Uh, well, to wrap it up, I got a couple of questions. Uh, I don't want to say like rapid fire, but uh, I'd be curious to know one uh, first question. Uh, do you have any concerns about the future of crypto, any specific coin or any group of coins following this collapse and uh, what you know and how you're plugged into in, in, in the uh, DC? Uh, so honestly, you know, I, Part of why I'm doing the policy side of it is because, you know, I'm not as far as like the investing in the finance side of things, you know, that's that's over my head. I'm a big believer in just the, the DCA. But, um, you know, my, my big concern is to, to give you the, like for when it comes to the policy side is it is that like will members take the time to, to educate themselves and and come about this the right way? Or are they just going to have like a knee jerk reaction and say, look at Terra FTX, I'm done with it and they won't take the time. Right. So that's that's my biggest concern for crypto generally is like. And this is really for everyone, right? Like even family and friends, when I talk to them, like I'm still at the point where a lot of folks are like, yeah, well, isn't it just like all unregulated or isn't it just a scam? And so, you know, that's that's my concern is that people don't, they, they get to that point and they don't get to the point where like, take remittances, for example, they don't realize like, oh, like who's going to come around the other side of this and be like, oh, no, I don't want people who work their butts off and try to send money back to family to, they shouldn't be able to do that for like using this cheaper, more efficient technology. I want them to pay like the extra 10% or whatever using right. some uh, centralized third-party intermediary. Um, so I'll just, I guess that's my answer for my biggest concern. Got it. Uh, and our, um, what was I going to say? Uh, there was not another... financial and legal advice, by the way, I forget to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of thing is, uh, none of this is financial advice. And, and I'm more specifically thinking about like, um, like a class of stuff, like, um, or a, oh, okay. you know, like maybe, uh, exchange token, not, not necessarily for the terms of in, like, for example, like I pay attention to the project, like the, I look at the coins as projects. I don't look at them as like investment opportunities. Yeah. I would only make a personally make an investment, something if I felt like it had a future to grow. And, um, but first I want to understand the project, what it is, uh, what type of problems yeah. that it, it solves and whether or not I think that this makes sense for a solution to, a, to the problem. Like, are they actually solving the problem or are they just coming up with a new way to solve the problem that's not necessarily improving anything? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, 
I forgot my other questions. <laughs> like that, that's like, that's like, yeah, definitely. I think we covered a lot here. This is good. Yeah. I feel like we got to cover a lot of bases. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, well, I, I do appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time to update us on what's happening in Capitol Hill. Like I say all the time, I think that that's where the largest risk relies is in on Capitol Hill. Oh, I know. What about uh, one last question? Um, what about like, uh, I know you talk about the federal level. Is there any reason to talk to or uh, reason or and or strategy for talking to local uh, lawmakers? Because I saw the New York had that. Uh, yeah. They just had like, the, uh, it's a big deal, you know, like what they just passed up there. 100%. I'm glad you brought that up because I am more focused on the federal, but state, I mean, it's, it's so important and you can have more of an impact, right? Usually because... You, you know, you can focus on New York State. It's a little smaller. You don't have to get buy-in from people from all over the country like you do at the federal level. Um, but states also, you know, there's all the expression like laboratories for democracy, but they're also laboratories for innovation, right? And so you can look at a state like Texas is really trying to um, present themselves as in a way where like Bitcoin mining, for example, is I think really taking root there. Um, you know, Wyoming's very crypto friendly. I mean, from what it seems, again, I'm not as <laughs> focused on the state side, but even just as far as like, using these states as examples of like, hey, look what this state did. Look at all the jobs they created. Look at the economic benefits. And that's the stuff that I probably should have brought this up earlier. But that's the stuff that's really going to move the needle when you can go to your member instead of saying, I want you to support crypto because, you know, I love it. Just if you can go to them and say, look, it's going to create this amount of jobs. It's going to create, promote innovation and um, create huge economic benefits, create financial freedom, empower individuals, stuff like that. Like stuff that's really going to, I hate to say it, but almost like think of yourself as like a salesperson, right? Um, and so I think the states can can provide examples that you can use and point to um, to sell. Cool. Yeah, I, I I just like as you talking, I'm like thinking. I feel like if you if we take all this and uh, really apply it, you know, because we're so quick to jump to the federal level uh, on some issues that are really big and affect us all. But uh, I would think that the state level representatives are concerned are not the federal representatives of the states are concerned with their constituents in their states. And if if the local government is effectively being educated on the benefits and the future of crypto, then that should have an influence at the federal level as well, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And these people are in touch with each other, right? Like senators, reps, they're meeting with the governors, the state reps, state reps today are probably thinking about being um, the federal representative congressman, senators down the line. So it's all connected, right? Especially like the, especially within the parties, they're always, you know, they're going to the same fundraisers, same meetings, same constituent events, state fairs, whatever, right? Like it's a, it's a smaller world than you think, right? So the more you can, you know, and just again, like state level, it's, it's important. They have their own, um, you know, areas of jurisdiction that they specialize in or whatever, but yeah, don't don't overlook the state level at all. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you for your time. And uh, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, you have any last minute things to say uh, before we sign off? I uh, just want to say thanks again for having me. Let's do it again um, in the new year. Hopefully next time we can do it. We'll have something positive to point to or more positive to point to something that actually got passed. Um, but yeah, for the viewers who are interested, um, if you can check out the website, caphillcrypto.com um sign up for the weekly newsletter it's free friday mornings um and just you know summaries of new bills i've been introduced hearings that have gone on um just try to uh you know keep people up to date let me know what you think always looking to hear feedback um try to improve the quality of the content so thank you again thank you to everyone who watched and listened thank you guys 
Awesome. And I'll leave all those links uh, in the description below. Thank you again. Have a great day. Enjoy your holidays. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good, man. Happy holidays. All right, man. Take care.